Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. name of this podcast is The Altenar Stars. I'm your host, Chris Payne, and I am here in the Billboard office today at the top of our building overlooking a foggy day in New York. With Incubus. What's up, guys? Hi. Hi. I think I dropped in on a little conversation about the best of 80s and 90s cinema. Was that where we were headed? Yeah, specifically um, montages. We were Mm. admiring the montages of the Rambo franchises, the Rocky franchises, um, karate franchises. There were lots of montages. Whenever there was karate in a film in the 80s, there were some montages. Train anytime there was training happening and and you know under high stress and emotions there was always a good montage and the music was vital and always talking about like being either at near or just past the limit the limit being that sort of philosophical or the edge same same difference but it was an important sort of topic of that era I think it was highly influential to our band. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Maybe like a montage of like getting the band together to like record, and you guys haven't been together in a while, so you're kind of rusty. But like training, you you forget how to play the guitar. Yeah, I've definitely (laughs) forgotten how to play guitar before. On the edge, on the edge, writing the record or not? Yes. And it's like, yo, we need an album. I can't play guitar. Oh, here we go. It's all about start training in a barn and like lifting rocks and running up mountainsides and you know pushing things with your fingers. It's all about overcoming the struggle. Mm. Yes, the montage. Mm. 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 Yeah, so you guys are back together doing press for new music. So it's been it's been a a few years, I guess, since you guys have done that. Yeah, doing press all together as a band. I like it. Yeah, we have a tour coming up, and we're really excited about that as mm-hmm. well. So we want to share our joy with people who are interested to know about it. Word. Well, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to fill people in on like the past few years of Incubus since the um, promotion for If Not Now When wrapped up. So things are starting to really ramp up. So you mentioned the touring. Let's talk about the touring first, because Brandon, I interviewed you a couple years ago for Sons of the Sea, mm-hmm. and... I think you were about to go to South America for Incubus. You were really excited to go surfing. So I just find it really interesting what it's like to tour where you've been lately, aside from the U.S., South America, Australia. What is a rock concert like there and everything that leads up to it? How is it different from playing, like, the States? Good question. Um, whenever we go on a tour, there's always training. Mm, montage. There's a def, de, montage-worthy training. That's, but that's actually for serious. Like if we don't practice, we suck. 
Um, I suck. I'll say I'll take it back. I'm terrible if I don't rehearse before we do a tour. Anyway, um, yeah, a, a rock concert overseas for Incubus. I feel like it's just different. You know what I mean? It, 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 anytime we have the opportunity to play music together in front of people, it's super fun and chaotic. We don't re- we kind of know what's going to happen because we sort of write the songs down beforehand. You can never really account for the chaos that ensues with a live audience and instruments that are plugged in and how you feel that day and all of those, you know, all of those elements that are thrown into the mix. But when we play in South America, the people, they sing a lot louder mm-hmm. than really any other place in the world. And they're so into it, they actually like sing the guitar riffs as well. And then in between songs too. That's yeah. Start to do chants, chants. And, <clears throat> and every place is different. They have a different song that I guess, I guess it's related to sports uh, events or something, but it's just crazy. The music stops and their music starts. So mm-hmm. it's wild. Imagine what happens after the show. (laughs) So like a soccer game kind of atmosphere, which like chanting almost like cheering you guys on and filling in that empty space. Huh. I think that in a lot of the cities, thank you, Brandon, for putting this microphone in front of my face. Um, In in many of the cities in South America, we, I don't know, we kind of get the feeling that they really appreciate you know, the distance that we travel to come and be there to play a concert. And it just seems like, um, you know, they might not get as often, you know, of a chance to see the band that they, that they want to see. It's not just with us. I think a lot of our contemporaries have the same sort of, um, they experience the same thing where I think there's just a a massive appreciation for music in, Mm. in their culture, especially in the young youth culture. Um, so when we go down there and play, it's like, it's, it's, they're so celebratory and it's amazing to be in that atmosphere. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just, we love being there. It's that being said too, that you can, you hold it for me, bro. Um, we just did a show. Uh, I, I don't know. This is kind of. Sorry if my breath's That's kicking. That's not part of the montage. Um, Mikey and I face to face. We just did two shows this weekend here on the East Coast, and the audiences were actually amazing. It was as if we hadn't played concerts in the United States for like three years. You would think. Really cool. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, to answer your question, like, it's just, it's a little bit different energetically mm-hmm. everywhere, but we're, we're a very, very fortunate band that the you know, people who come to our concerts are pretty passionate about what we're doing and we're very passionate about what we're doing. So it's a nice, it's a nice matchup. Yeah. So from hanging out, surfing, getting the sun in South America, Australia, this summer up to Jersey, mm-hmm. Chicago, Wisconsin, but with the Deftones, which I think is a pretty, pretty interesting lineup. Cause I think both of, both of your bands have kind of followed similar trajectories with coming from like a similar scene of rock music, late nineties, early two thousands. Um, about to put out music for the first time in a few years or like you guys just have, they're going to. So I think it's a really interesting pairing. Are you guys close with them? Yeah, the Deftones are are kind of a, I think an important part of uh, the history of our band. And I, I, I think that um, we may also be a, a, you know, an important part of the history of their band as well. We've done a lot of touring together in the past. It's been a while. It's been a few years since then but early in our careers we we kind of helped each other out a lot and um and yeah we're friends with all those guys and we've we've just you know it's funny after being 
after doing this for a really long time, there's just this camaraderie and respect I think that builds up um, amongst bands that are even still around, you know, yeah. like for our contemporaries that that are still, you know, doing what they love to do and still making music. Anybody that can that can prolong a career for for that length of time is, is like there's just a lot of respect there, and uh, I think our fans appreciate that lineup i think there are a lot of people that love the deftones people that are incubus fans and, and vice versa so mm. um and it's it's shown so far like uh, we were just told that that we've sold in excess of one hundred and twenty thousand tickets already for this tour which is awesome and um what venue is that central park that being said uh, uh uh sorry let me just take that um if you're friends with a band that's been a band for a really long time, or you're in a band and your friend's band's been a band a really long time, just don't ever say to them, oh, right on, man, you're still going for it? Mm. Backhanded insult, man. You just say, good for you, slap on the back, or a pat on the ass, and keep going. Just don't say it the first thing that I said, it's mean. Sorry, go on. <laughs> Why do people say that to you? Every once in a while, someone's like, oh, you guys are still going for it? It's like, Mm. Yeah, you guys are still making music, huh? Yeah, you're still a dick, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're we're happy. We're we're happy to to be able to. I mean, we're 24 years into our existence as a band, and um, you know, to be able to do things that keep it feeling new is awesome. Um, but yeah, back to your point about uh, the Deftones, it's awesome to be able to tour with those guys, and and uh, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, so I will not congratulate you guys simply for just still going for it, still being a band. But the new music is really interesting, and I will talk about it, but I get the feeling that switching labels, being done with Epic, going to Island, seems like it's kind of reinvigorated you guys. Because like, with the last few Incubus albums and Sons of the Sea, I liked them, and it seemed like it was kind of a trajectory that made sense with how the sound was progressing. But with the four new songs and the new EP it feels like start over, like different things going on. So you're nodding, you think so? I think so. I mean, us signing with Island was um, really exciting for us, but I think that we were well into our uh, uh, reinvigoration. Is that a word? Um, before that, like we um, just started playing music again together and we didn't have a record label, we didn't have a manager, we had no plan. Some of us didn't even have pants, and um, sorry, that was really random. And uh, but we just started jamming, and some good stuff was happening, and it was really fun and interesting, and um, it was great to not have a plan. And so if a plan has started to take shape around the music, which is always a good thing. A lot, of, I mean, we we have been guilty in the past of making a plan and then making music, you know, and that's not the best way to go about things. I think. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, I think for for us a lot of it is timing and um you know we like brandon said we got we got to this place where we had no plan and no trajectory and no anything and we i think we just needed that it was like a corner to turn around and um it presented us i think with a certain level of excitement and the music that started happening uh, the four songs that are on that ep you know they were written and recorded at the same time like we we just kind of set our stuff up in a studio we got a great opportunity um to get set up in a in a recording studio that we are also just kind of writing songs in and we figured we would just take advantage of that opportunity and um again with no real agenda other than just 
making music and it happened very unexpectedly we didn't plan on that at all we just were kind of like hey like i called up the guys and was like hey uh there's a studio available and we could take it you want to do it and everybody was like yeah let's do it and we went in and just and we're it still feels like that actually because it's a it's it, it's happening naturally it's not it's not uh being forced or or motivated by anything other than just cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com/people today hey would you say that in lieu of a plan we were or not in lieu of but uh, we were at a point perhaps in our career where we were at the limit we might have been uh, staring over the edge, mm-hmm. close to the danger zone. <laughs> you pushed it to the limit. It's a good place to be. You want to take it to the limit. Mm-hmm. Take it there. Yeah. Definitely not. You don't pull it to the limit. You definitely got to push it. <laughs> you can. You can. You can be pulled to the limit <laughs> by Thrust an external it to the force, limit. but Thrust it to the limit. just cram it right down into the <laughs> limit. <laughs> yeah. So it it, de- it definitely sounds like the album and everything. It came to either the EP rather four songs it sounds like it came together before island came into the picture it did yeah the songs had been pretty much uh written and recorded before um signing with island that that actually took a while as well like there was a period of time where we were kind of going back and forth with them a Mm. lot and we you know a couple times where we weren't sure if it was gonna work out or not but the the (laughs) yeah we were we were courting each other but the thing that was awesome about it was that um, there were some really wonderful people that we worked with, especially during our early days being at Epic. Okay. And it turns out that many of those people are part of Island's framework. So that all worked out in a really, um, uh, in, just in a, in a really natural way where we, we uh, found ourselves working with people that we really liked and had long-term relationships with. So, um, yes. Yeah, because I was going to say trustful – if you were to sign with the label first and they were going to be very like domineering over what they want, Trustful doesn't sound like the prototype single song that a label would want to lead something off. Not of. at all. And I like it, and I like it for a lot of ways because it's not that, like a six-and-a-half-minute song. Well, the label actually, when they heard it, they, they really liked it as well, and they were really supportive of it. So um, that was... Uh, a good sign for us they didn't just you know? say good job you're still going well people are people are people are selling albums you know and and having success in that world for many different reasons than you know in previous times like there are a lot of different ways that people discover music now um not just getting played on the radio i mean you know that's still an important thing to them but at the same time um you know good music is good music and and i think a lot of people realize that a song like that is something that our audience will truly appreciate. You know, just at least it just seems that way. 
I feel like if you play that in South America, and hopefully they do this in America, there would be good space in that song to drop in chants, to drop in some audience. Maybe you should do the remix, man. Yeah, let's do it. Remix debut. We just actually... Um, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to anyway. We just did our own edit of Trustfall for uh, an overseas version of it, that, okay. and, they, and they wanted it under four minutes. Whew. We we basically so we, just, we just cut Jose out. <laughs> well said. Yeah. So there there is yeah, going to be a, a. It's actually exactly four minute long. It's actually three fifty. Did you get it down to three fifty? What'd you cut out? Well, we at the it, we we made a bunch of changes at the end. Remember? Oh, that's right. And the song is just called Trust now. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Trust side <laughs> and a half. So let's play a little bit of Trust Fall. This will be the 30, the best 30 seconds. Now I am about this four song model because I think that's interesting with a lot of artists trying different things these days thinking oh the album is dead the album is more important than ever who -hmm. knows Mm -hmm. so with you guys was the vision of making four songs together and putting that out was that something like that or was it just like oh we have four songs it was a little bit of actually there's there's it's kind of all of the above and there's some other things in there too there was the fact that we only had four songs at that point there was the fact that we are becoming more and more aware that the album model seems to be going the way of the dodo, even though all of us, I know I can say this with confidence, still love and sort of cry for the 10 to 12 song LP thing. Cause that's how we grew up. That's what we know. We know actually when we even go before cassette, you know, we were, we grew up on like side a and side B right. with records. And so, um, to that. And then there's also this, thing that even if we put out a record at this point in our career we can't um play more than a few new songs in our set anyway we could but you start losing people because at this point in our career you know this is our let's be our eighth offering as a band people want to hear the stuff that they like love and so we're taking that into consideration as well so side a am i how how am i doing so far on this description You're you're good yeah okay so side A comes out next week, and then the plan is for side B to come out later in the year. So you will actually have a full record, but okay. side A comes out first, and then side B comes out later, and we're touring amongst it. So I've been saying it ad nauseum, but it's the sort of um, it's us having our cake and eating it too. Yeah, so we that's th- the new business model. <laughs> so like another four songs for side B. It'll probably be more than that. Okay. Yeah. We might even. I mean, we might even make a side C. You know, we the actually part of this as well is the future all four dimensional. Yeah, all the stuff that that Brandon just said, but and also um, there's this built-in spontaneity to the whole thing. We we've had many experiences where we've written and recorded music, and then it could be a year before it gets released. You right. know, like and then by that time it feels old and you're sick of it, or you know. This 
this uh, situation gave us a flexibility to just go in and write and record a few songs, put them out, go on tour, play them, come back, write and record some more songs, put those out. We're just at this place in our career where we feel like we like we we really enjoy and appreciate the freedom to be able to do that. And it, it, right now, to to go in and record a full album, um, it feels a little bit overwhelming in certain ways. Um, also, just because we'd like to be able to go and play shows as well, you know, during the time that we're writing and recording. So this just seems to be working for us really well right now mm. you know it doesn't mean that th that's how we'll always do it but for the time being it just it satisfies a lot of different a lot of different um, um needs elements whatever you know however we we can describe it it's a good thing yeah and you both touched on that it's a natural thing this instead of being bound by putting out the full length all at once putting out smaller bursts of songs here and there yeah. and i think if you look throughout music history before the album was a big thing, or at times even when it was in certain scenes, it was more of a singles-based game. Yep. If you look back further and further, so it's I think it kind of shows that often it's just sort of like consumer trends, just like whatever technology is big at the time, that kind of dictates what musicians have to put out, how many songs at once. So you're kind of bypassing that. It's just what's natural. Yeah, it feels... I think the spontaneity element of it is really cool. You know, it, it just um, it it just feels right. Feels so right. Hmm. It takes us to the limit. Yeah. So let's talk about more of the songs because I mean, the convenient thing about only doing four at once, you can focus on more. So um, one thing that just like really s struck me was how different the four songs were. Like make out parties is very explicit kind of like R and B rock song. Dance Like You're Dumb is like this frantic, really catchy song that basically sounds like what the title suggests. Um, what is the Pink Boba Fett? What's, what's going on with that? <laughs> uh, that was the original title for the song. Really? Um, Some copyright infringement issues with... No, no. Well, uh, that occurred to me. <laughs> there probably would have been, but it occurred to me that Make Out Party was a more evocative title and was really that got to the, the heart, so to speak. It got to the crotch of the song a little quick. Oh, I'm sorry. Dance like you're done. Thank you. Um, so many songs. So, <laughs> so many space. songs. So many. so many working titles that yeah will all change. Pink Boba Fett was the working title for Dance Like You're Done. Yeah. Anyway, it's still a lyric in the song. People hopefully haven't heard that song yet. Those of you who haven't um, illegally downloaded it, I didn't look at you just now. <laughs> I got it did. legally. Good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quote unquote. Well, you only have a few days to wait if you haven't heard it. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Writing lyrics is a strange event. I'm sure people have, most people have written in a diary or done a paper for school or for work or something. And the way that our brains work when we're constructing most things is sort of uh, linear. We, we usually head in a straight line. And then there's other forms of writing where stuff just sort of spills and you don't try and stop it. And just random imagery and uh, references from what you grew up with and stuff just sort of spills out in a more nonlinear way. And so the way that I like to write lyrics is a little more nonlinear and then I kind of organize it into better patterns mm. after the fact. So there's like a spill effect and then I clean it up a little bit and it gets into rhythm and things. That's how the, the Pink Boba Fett thing came in. I was just thinking of like a 
an assassin, but it was a female assassin, mm. a bounty hunter. More specifically. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I'm super excited about Star Wars coming out, too. I just saw a picture this morning of Harrison Ford with Chewbacca and some of the other actors sitting in the Millennium Falcon. Chewbacca hasn't gone now. gray at all. Not at all. Not and at all. he started using, like, product in his hair because right. he looks good. <laughs> Hipster Chewbacca. Hipster Chewbacca. Like, Tight in the pants. picture, it's the thing. It's like, you see Harrison Ford, he's like, ah, oh, he's like an older... Han Solo, and it's awesome. But then behind him is Chewbacca, like leaning on his elbow, like over Harrison Ford with his his like face hair slicked back. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I can't wait for this movie. Yeah. Well, he got a stylist after like post Empire, yeah. kind of like a more um, like a more easy lifestyle. Yeah. Just to come up, you blow up a couple of Death Stars, and then you're rolling it, <laughs> right? And now, in his bullet belt across his chest, it's not bullets; it's like Pez. That would be rad, right? <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> a gentler, kinder Chewbacca. Yeah, yeah. So we were talking about lyrics. That's how we, we got to che- Chewy mm-hmm. via Boba Fett. So yeah, Brandon, you've released, like aside from like writing lyrics for Incubus, you've released like books of, of lyrics and drawings and stuff like that. So I guess you're very used to just like kind of spilling your guts and like letting it all out there. <laughs> just like whether, and it doesn't have to be in songs. Yeah. Um. I don't know why I, uh, since I was a teenager, I've always probably from learning how to journal and I always draw in my journals and I would always spill my guts in my journals. And at some point I perhaps hit a level of narcissism that I felt it was time to share Mm. my, uh, gut spilling with other people. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, there's something about it. You know, it's just, it's very basic, um, self-expression. Everyone has different ways of doing it. Um, and so I, I've always enjoyed drawing, painting, writing things down, writing thoughts down. Sometimes they sort of get into motion and go into songs, and sometimes they just end up on a piece of paper that hopefully no one will ever read, and then sometimes I share them. So it's it's fun, though. I feel very, very blessed to be able to do it. Yeah, and as far as the instrumentation goes, it's like sounds like you guys are having a lot of fun. That's basically the vibe I get from across like the four songs. Fun and coffee. We have a lot of coffee. Yeah, when we talked about Sons of the Sea, you said lots of coffee with that. So it's an incubus thing. It's just a band wide. I think it's a human yeah. thing. <laughs> well, also in the in the studio where we're working, uh, they've got this sort of like nuclear coffee maker that there are two different strengths of coffee. Mm-hmm. And they're both pretty strong, but the stronger one is like really strong. I can only handle like a little bit of it, but... I think everybody's drinking it a lot. Mm. <laughs> and so it's, when it gets it's coming the, across in the music. So when it gets to the point where you're like kind of trembly and uneasy, that just helps the process. That's not a bad thing. That's rock and roll right yeah, there. Yeah, I don't know if coffee. it helps. I don't know if it helps, but it happens. <laughs> I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. All right, well, Kill has it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. I want to see what happens. Do you go have a cup of coffee with me? You don't want to see that, bro. <laughs> Let's have a cup of coffee in New York. Yeah, and then go someplace. Yeah, just keep me off the high buildings. I'll take you to Central Park, and yeah. we can just run wild yeah, together. Okay. That'd be All fun. Right. Might lose my pants. <laughs> no, it's true. Uh, uh, we're not a huge drug band, so to speak. You know, I feel like there were different eras in rock and roll, and a lot of times the drugs of choice, or you know, really the drugs of choice had a lot to do with the kind of music and also the sort of the popular drugs of that time in the culture I think had something to do with what music was popular as well but um, 
I'm not saying there are no drugs in the band, but we've just never been into like heavy drugs. Mm. So caffeine has been a drug of choice for this band. And I think it's worked for us. You can't see my hands right now from all those of you listening, but I'm shaking pretty violently right now. I'm kind of okay with it. <laughs> Word. I think, yeah, kind of interesting how you say it goes with eras. It's true, yeah. right? Like, think about it. Like right now, the most popular music, it seems to me in the world, is like electronic dance music and like people in the hundreds of thousands are gathering in these giant mm-hmm. arenas to watch a dude up on stage you know, behind his computer and it's blowing their minds. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't happen on, that doesn't happen on weed. All, yeah. Yeah. It's all, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, I guess to put it in like vague terms, it's like the things that build you up, uppers, coffee, caffeine, it's one of those things. Sure. So you guys exist on one end of it, the probably more sustainable end of it and it works. Mm. And they say it's good for men's prostate health too. <laughs> True. True story. Coffee. Yeah. Not a lot, a little bit. Mm. <laughs> Molly, it, we don't know it's yet. It's an alternative it, study. Yeah. It's a short term <laughs> fix. Yeah. You just put the Molly in your butt and mm-hmm. your prostate mm-hmm. does well. Yeah. We can say these kinds of things, right? Absolutely. <laughs> this is podcast land. All right. <laughs> but yeah, um, we, where we were going with the coffee, I said it sounded like, in general, you guys, in, instrumentation wise, it sounded like you guys are just having a lot, a lot of fun. Um,. Take me through that, because I know what like Brendan has done in like in the interim with Sons of the Sea. But what have you guys been doing without Incubus, and like did that help inspire you more for going back and doing Incubus now? I, I we've been playing in different different things. I know Hose has been doing some studio stuff. I've done some studio stuff. Chris has done some DJing, and Mike's done a lot of producing. And we've um, just kind of hung up the hat for a second, and that in itself gives you a chance to breathe and reflect on what what you just finished doing so getting away from it kind of opened up a little air and made it at least for me i can say it made me excited to come back kind of aggressively and really make some music that sticks out you know there's lots of electronic music happening right now and lots of mellow kind of soft stuff so it's kind of a fun time to not be that way Mm -hmm. to be edgier and a little bit louder i think I don't know. You guys agree? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think we've been doing something for so long that it was just we didn't really know anything else. And we sit really close to it. And the fact that we just took time an indefinite amount of time off, everyone just did whatever they do at home. You know, everyone um, just sort of um, just, you know, enjoyed life. You know, so I think just after a year or plus of that, um writing together as a band just sounded fresh and I think all of us not not knowing when that was going to happen you know talking about it really excited us and and it really did feel just like a completely new sort of era for us I mean there were so many things we didn't know you know as far as label management or when we'd put out a record or anything all that was sort of exciting to us and once we got the ball rolling it was just it was really fun mm-hmm. and that not knowing part was definitely part of it and um and it kind of coalesced as we went together you know you hear it in the sound yeah mm-hmm. so so i think that's a lot of what what's being put down and what people are hearing what you're talking about yeah so i mean i i know i i had that feeling and it, this is a totally unorthodox way of us writing and recording and that part is sort of exciting too and i st- i'm still not totally 
know which way is better or not but for now it's just a, a different route for us and it's been it's been pretty cool you know yeah yeah because you guys just like you've i think for the most part have always been kind of like doing your own thing but still you can't help but like know what's going on like these trends that you pass through that are going on in music in the big picture and like you've been a band for what like 20 years exactly or 24 24 yeah so like so a lot of things have passed through and it's interesting how like we were saying how like DJ culture is so big now and without forcing it, I think Incubus like it just naturally fits with that kind of thing. And we have a DJ in the band. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we have exactly. a DJ in the band, you with know. A, so yeah, without forcing it, it fits. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. I mean that's one of the one of the I think one of the most fortunate things about our um uh, and it's it's a blessing and a curse. Like we, we don't really fit neatly into any sort of uh, category we can do musically we can do whatever we want and it's it's exciting and fun um and that's why we when we whenever we make music um the songs tend to not sound like each other mm. they're just t- they tend to be stylistically kind of independent of each other and you know some people see that as a weakness but to me it's always just made it interesting it's always just been like each song is its own little adventure its own style each song has self-contained style yeah it's its own adventure and we're not trying to nail down like any one thing i i guess that's just sort of a product of like for me i have a really short attention span mm-hmm. in certain respects so I, I i need to do a lot to sort of keep myself um still you know yeah. it takes a lot for me to, to sit still and um so one way of accomplishing that is to just constantly be like reinventing or changing or doing new things and um and i think that informs what we're doing in a in a constructive way that keeps it from getting stale yeah and then when you kind of put it all together it kind of makes this one piece you know it's like a journey through that piece and that's sort of how all of our records sort of come about you know and it's it makes it exciting for myself just to to write music in this because it's constantly challenging yeah, I mean, I've gotten to work with a bunch of like really young artists in the last couple of years, like, and that's been really eye-opening because it, it um, it just puts a lot for into perspective for me as far as like how many things like we've seen as a band like come and go, like different yeah. trends and different bands and different, um, different you know just musical movements, um, and it it's awesome. We've always felt very sort of independent of everything. Mm. Um, and we're just continuing along that trajectory. Yeah. What have you seen go where you were like, yep, knew it all along. <laughs> you know what? I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if there's ever any real way to, to say that because everything, it seems like at some point kind of comes back around in some yeah. way. So it's like, he's got a closet full of stovepipe jeans. He's waiting <laughs> to break out. Just waiting for the right like, moment. Like, Stovepipe, you know, the old, like, uh, the Jenko jeans, the big... Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. I never heard that term before. Stovepipe jeans. I never heard that. Your legs look like stovepipes. They're just straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe bootcut jeans will make a comeback no, I just, You know, I just remember, um, you know, there was a, a good period of time there in the 90s where it seems like everybody around me thought that, like, nothing that came from the 80s would ever be cool. Yeah. It really felt that way. And people, there was even, you know, we, in, it was, must have been 93, 94, when the movie uh, Dazed and Confused came out. And they even made a joke in that film about, like, how, you know, there was some 
joke about how like maybe the 80s they were talking about how how this the 60s were cool the 70s sucked maybe the 80s will be amazing yeah and i remember the whole theater was like ah ha, 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 yeah right whatever you know yeah, nostalgia cycles it's but so it's actually really predictable but it, it goes to show you it's like the, the 80s were an amazing time in music there's so much incredible mm. stuff that happened in, in that time period so it's like you know it's just a matter of time yeah who who knows it's tough to predict those things there was a there was actually i just want to say like i remember reading an article in rolling stone i believe um or maybe it, it might have been time magazine it was a, a some big big publication where they were talking about how all of a sudden like blondie was cool again like blondie couldn't get arrested for 20 years and all of a sudden now blondie's cool it was weird because like i remember reading that and it made sense at the time that i read it but now mm. it's like it i mean that music always sounded cool like yeah. uh, it's it's funny but perception changes over time sorry i was just going to say for me the moral of the story is that um there's no way to there's no era or there's no era that is like where culture stops yeah where it's like we've done it this is it every era will always have it's like stalwarts and it's like bright moments but then um I think the moral of the story for me is that wherever we are now is the best. <laughs> and in 10 years, that'll be the best. 10 years from now, 20 years ago will have been the best. You just, you can't hang your hat on any of it. So that's what's fun about art and being artists is that we're not trying to actually like nail down any one best era or best sound. We're just trying to swim in it and have fun. Sure. Yeah. Hello. Well, I think that's a good note to end on with the moral. Yeah. Awesome. Sure. Cool. So, so yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thanks so much, guys. No worries. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So this concludes another episode of the Alt and Our Stars podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast by clicking the iTunes link towards the bottom of the store. You can also listen to archived episodes there. Until next week, we post every Friday. So have a good weekend, guys. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.